Losing millions of dollars can work in your favor if you're President Donald Trump and can hire a team of professionals to help you strategize. The president's various businesses lost hundreds of millions of dollars over the last 20 years, allowing him to sharply lower his federal tax obligation, according to the New York Times. The billionaire president paid just $750 in federal income taxes in 2016. The year he won the presidency and $750 in 2017, the Times found in examining the president's tax documents. The president tweeted in response on Monday that he paid many millions of dollars in taxes, but was entitled, like everyone else, to depreciation and tax credits. Trump's attorney Jay Sekulo did not immediately respond to an email request for comment. Though a federal income tax return doesn't necessarily tell the full story of a person's financial condition, financial statements and other documents would back that up. The report sparked a wave of outrage on social media on Monday. Accountants said what we might be seeing is some very aggressive tax planning at work. Ultimately, it's possible we find more information, and it might be he's doing more than dubious things. But it's possible that this is the end result of some good attorneys, smart CPAs, and a messy tax code," said Jeffrey Levine, CPA and director of advanced planning at Buckingham Wealth Partners in Long Island, New York. Here are two strategies that may have helped Trump reduce his tax bill. Losing money pays in some circumstances. In Trump's case, he racked up close to one billion dollars in losses. Back in the early 1990s, and used that to save on taxes until 2005. The Times found he also declared 1.4 billion dollars in losses from his core businesses for 2008 and 2009. These are known in accounting parlance as a net operating loss, or NOL. This strategy allows business owners who are facing losses in a given year use the red ink to help offset income and lower taxes in future years. Let's say you had fifty dollars of losses in July and a hundred dollars of income in January of the following year," said Erica York, an economist with the Center of Federal Tax Policy at the Tax Foundation. You wouldn't be taxed in the first year due to those losses, but you'd be taxed on the one hundred dollars the next year. She said, "The NOL allows the business to carry forward the fifty-dollar loss." She said, "The point of the NOL is to help smooth the business's taxable income over time. The NOL is a business loss that gets passed through the to the owner of the business." Levine said, "You're a sole proprietor or an owner in a partnership, and you're passing through a loss. That's an ordinary income loss." Check out fortyandbox.com to master your money, personal finance lessons and courses, and want to make money online. Learn the four steps to make money online in the description. Feel free to give your thoughts as to the situation. Are you cool with Trump not paying that much in taxes? Because the thing is, he's not doing anything illegal. This is literally what almost any business would do if they have a really good tax attorney. Right and also just a, an accountant. So, but because of like how massive his businesses were, 
where they're basically on the level of like an Amazon or Apple, that sort of thing, where they're like massive, massive corporations. That's what allows them to really do this stuff. But if you're like a smaller business, it's very difficult to pull something off like this. So a lot of uh, smaller businesses, smaller companies aren't able to work around the tax uh, forms to be able to offset their losses like this to basically save them on a whole bunch of future years of having to not pay taxes, right? I mean, when you think about it, Trump may not really ever have to pay taxes ever again for the rest of his life because of his losses on those businesses on paper, right? Because this is how, you know, like Amazon, where they could just basically put all their money into an investment, which means they didn't necessarily make any money because they spent all their money and still not pay any taxes, which is why just increasing, you know, a tax rate for individuals doesn't really do anything because a lot of people who own these businesses can very easily just, you know, walk away and still make a bunch of money on the back end of everything. Right. Sometimes for people who are making a lot of money, not having to pay taxes is worth more than actually creating an income that year. It's pretty weird, but sometimes it could really help out. The Securities and Exchange Commission today charged a former finance manager at Amazon.com Incorporated and two family members with insider trading in advance of Amazon earnings announcements between January 2016 in July 2018. According to the SEC's complaint, Laksha Bora worked as a senior manager in Amazon's tax department, where she prepared and reviewed calculations used to finalize numbers included in Amazon's quarterly and annual earnings that were filed with the SEC. Beginning in January 2016 and continuing through July 2018, Laksha Bora allegedly acquired and tipped her husband, Vicky Bora, with highly confidential information about Amazon's financial performance. The complaint alleges that Vicky Bora and his father, Gotham Bora, traded on this confidential information in 11 separate accounts maintained by different members of the Bora family. The complaint further alleges that Laksha Bora disregarded quarterly reminders prohibiting her from passing material non-public information or recommending the purchase or sale of Amazon securities. As alleged, the family reaped illicit profits of approximately $1.4 million from their unlawful trading in Amazon securities. We allege that the Boras repeatedly and systematically used Amazon's confidential information for their own gain, said Aaron Snyder, director of the SEC's San Francisco regional office. Employees with access to confidential, potentially market-moving corporate information may not use that information to enrich themselves, their friends, or their families. The SEC's complaint, filed in federal court in Seattle, charges all three Boras with violating anti-fraud provisions of the federal securities laws. All the all three Boras have consented to the entry of final judgments permanently enjoining them from further violations of the charge provisions and ordering them to pay total disgorgement of $1,428,094, total prejudgment interest of $118,406, and total penalties of $1,000,000.
In a parallel action, the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Western District of Washington today filed criminal charges against Vicki Bora. The SEC's investigation was conducted by Sally Kim with assistance from Mark Katz and Andrew Hefty under the supervision of Monique C. Wrinkler of the San Francisco Regional Office. Darren Borner of the Market Abuse Unit also assisted the investigation. The SEC appreciates the assistance of the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Western District of Washington and the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Check out 40inbox.com to master your money, personal finance lessons and courses, and do you want to make money online? Learn the four steps to make money online in the description below. And feel free to give your thoughts as to what happened in this situation do you know someone who would actually be willing to do that? Because it's it's pretty crazy, right? Because to me, there's not really a plus side to doing something like this, right? Yeah, sure, you might be able to make some money a little bit. But when it comes down to it, you're going to get tracked and then you're just going to lose everything and then you're going to pay fines and then you're going to get you know, put into prison and then all this other stuff. So to me, it doesn't make any sense to do something like that, right? And not only that, she was working with Amazon in a pretty high level on there. So she was probably making really good money anyways. So like, how much greed do you need to have? Like, how much money do you really need to have to be happy, right? Feel free to give your thoughts. To me, it's pretty crazy. It pays to be in K-pop. All seven members in BTS are now multi-millionaires, and their longtime producer just joined the ranks of the Triple Comma Club. Here's the deal. Big Hit Entertainment, the South Korean record label behind BTS, is raising a ton of money after pricing its initial public offering at the top end of its target range following a ton of interest from investors, and is paying off big time for the band members and company CEO. Big Hit is issuing shares at $115 each, raising $822 million and valuing the record label at a whopping $4.1 billion. The deal is South Korea's largest stock market listing in three years. BTS members Kim Tiong-hung, Jung Ho-seok, Kim Nam-joon, Kim Seok-jin, Park Ji-min, and Jun Jung-kuk and Min Yoong-gi are benefiting from the IPO price. They were each given 68,385 shares in Big Hit last month, and their stakes are now worth $7.9 million each. It was so bad, I have a hard time saying their names, which is hilarious because I'm half Korean. That's penis compared to Big Hit Hancho, Bang Si-yuk, the man credited with creating BTS back in 2013 and setting the band up for superstardom. Bang owns over 40% of the company, according to stock exchange filings, making him a billionaire. Check out 40inbox.com to master your money, personal finance lessons and courses, and want to make money online? Learn the four steps to make money online in the description of this episode. 
Stripe has led a $12 million Series A round in Manila-based online payment platform PayMongo, the startup announced today. PayMongo, which offers an online payments API for businesses in the Philippines, was the first Filipino-owned financial tech startup to take part in Y Combinator's accelerator program. Y Combinator and Global Founders Capital, another previous investor, both returned for the Series A, which also included participation from new backer Bedrock Capital. PayMongo partners with financial institutions and its products include a payments API that can be integrated into websites and apps, allowing them to accept payments from bank cards and digital wallets like GrabPay and GCash. For social commerce sellers and other people who sell mostly through messaging apps, the startup offers PayMongo links which buyers can click on to send money. PayMongo's platform also includes features like a fraud and risk detection system. In a statement, Stripe's APAC business led Noah Pepper said it invested in PayMongo because we've been impressed with the PayMongo team and the speed at which they've made digital payments more accessible so many businesses across the Philippines. Too many businesses across the Philippines. The startup launched in June 2019 with $2.7 million in seed funding, which the founder said was one of the largest seed rounds ever raised by a Philippines-based fintech startup. PayMongo has now raised a total of almost $15 million in funding. Co-founder and chief executive Francis Plaza said PayMongo has processed a total of almost $20 million in payments since launching and grown at an average of 60% since the start of the year, with a surge after lockdowns began in March. He added that the company originally planned to start raising a Series A in the first half of next year, but the growth and demand for his services during COVID-19 prompted it to start the round earlier so it could hire for its product, design, and engineering teams and speed up the release of new features. These will include more online payment options, features for invoicing in marketplaces, support for business models like subscriptions, and faster payout cycles. PayMongo also plans to add more partnerships with financial service providers, improve its fraud and risk detection systems, and secure more licenses from the central bank so it can start working on other types of financial products. The startup is among fintech companies in Southeast Asia that have seen accelerated growth as the COVID-19 pandemic prompted many businesses to digitize more of their operations. Plaza said that overall digital transactions in the Philippines grew 42% between January and April because of the country's lockdowns. PayMongo is currently the only payments company in the Philippines with an onboarding process that was developed to be completely online. He added, which makes it attractive to merchants that are accepting online payments for the first time. We have a more efficient review of compliance requirements for the expeditious approval of applications so that our merchants can use our platform right away and we make sure we have a fast payout to our merchants, said Plaza. If the momentum continues even as lockdowns are lifted in different cities, that means the Philippine Central Bank is on track to reach its goal of increasing the volume of e-payment transactions to 20% of total transactions in the country this year. 
The government began settling policies in 2015 to encourage more online payments in a bid to bolster economic growth and financial inclusion. Since smartphone penetration in the Philippines is high, but many people don't have a traditional bank account, which often charge high fees. The lockdown restrictions in the Philippines have eased. Plaza said PayMongo is still seeing strong traction. We believe the digital shift by Filipino businesses will continue, largely because both merchants and customers continue to practice safety measures, such as staying at home and choosing online shopping despite the more lenient quarantine levels. Online will be the new normal for commerce. Check out fortinebox.com to master your money. Personal finance lessons and courses. Want to make money online? Learn the four steps to make money online in the description of this episode. Leave your thoughts and subscribe. Hit the like button and stay tuned for more.